0: At AmateurGolf.com, amateur is what we do. We don't really cover professional golf, but yet a lot of the events cross over. We've got amateurs playing in the Masters, the US Open, the Open Championship, and we follow them along their road to those tournaments. None of them recently more successful in kind of crossing the line than Maverick McNeely. But here's the interesting thing. Maverick McNeely is the first player that I've seen in the 20 years running AmateurGolf.com that seriously pondered not turning pro doing something philanthropic getting into the corporate world the grind of the tours isn't for everybody but in the end he decided that he could be best served and serve others by being a pro and we're psyched about that because i think he can go a long way we talked to maverick at callaway golf about his equipment about his partnership with callaway about what he does when he goes low and one other thing maverick is very specific about his drills, about his distance control, and if you watch these interviews, I think you're gonna get something that can help your game. Well, AmateurGolf.com, we've been lucky enough to have some great partners, and we're sitting here in the studio of Callaway Golf, which is really cool. They let us participate not only with using their amazing podcast studios and video studios, but uh, also interview some of their great staff players. And I'm sitting here, across from me is Maverick McNeely, Mm doesn't need much of an introduction if i listed your resume it would probably be too long for this time we have with you no thanks for having me you're welcome maverick well maverick we've watched you and you're 24 years old and i feel like you're already a veteran tour player and you really just have your first full year of pga tour status that you're in the middle of and you've already won almost $250,000, three top finishes in 2020.
1: how's it feel to be a full pga tour card member It's great, but uh, i tell you what, the grind never stops. Uh, I got off to a good start. I'm 78th in the FedEx Cup right now, but uh, this year there's a lot to play for for me. If I play well, I'll start getting into the invitationals like the Genesis and Bay Hill and the Memorial and and things like that, and even the Players' Championship. Those are the next events up on the horizon that I want to play in, and uh, a couple more good starts to start the, the West Coast Swing in the fall will go a long way for me.
0: And you're a West Coast guy, obviously Californian through and through. Do you feel like when you get there, those courses
1: are going to be ripe for the picking for you? Definitely, definitely. I'm very, uh, very comfortable on the West Coast. I've played almost all the courses on the West Coast swing. Uh, we'll be starting my year in, at Sony Open in Hawaii, but uh, and that's a golf course I haven't seen before. But uh, for the most part, the next month and a half, uh, starting in January on the PGA Tour schedule, will be very comfortable, kind of a home game for me and uh, looking to great, get off to a great start for 2020.
0: Well, that is a great attitude. Um, Going back to your amateur days, it would be hard to probably to pick one thing that was the top thing. But for me, I've seen so many low scores from you, 61 when you were playing for Stanford in the last round of the Pac-12s, the NCGA amateur, which was one of your Mm -hmm. big early amateur wins. There was a period of time in that tournament when you were 43 under par or maybe the whole tournament. And I think you had more than 36 holes that you were bogey free. Um, was there That's, a point when you felt like going low was something that Maverick McNeely can do
1: pretty well? Yeah, that, that was at Spyglass, one of the courses we'll be playing for the AT&T too. But um, I've had some good low scores this fall as well, a couple Sunday 65s. I had a low one on Sunday at Mayakoba as well. And uh, it's I, I feel people ask if you get nervous when you start getting off to a great start. I actually feel great. I love it. it it's validating that I'm playing well, I'm firing on all cylinders, I'm in the zone. And uh, I've got a lot of things figured out, so uh, I love when I get off to a great start, and that to me says that uh, there's no reason I can't put the pedal down for the rest of the day. So how would you relate that to somebody that's
0: trying to wrestle with that? They're an amateur golfer and they get four under, and they're out of their comfort
1: zone. Well, there's nothing you can do that'll change the the last few holes you've played. So I, I just keep going on, and if it if it affects you negatively, you got to figure out what it's doing. Is it are you speeding up? Are you Uh, is your heart rate increasing are you playing too aggressively are you playing not aggressively enough there's a lot of things that can change but your score shouldn't really affect you know the the rest of your score
0: okay well amateurgolf.com audience Mm -hmm. listen to that one because this guy knows how to go low Um, the team golf uh, that you played it must be a highlight of your amateur career playing on two walker cup teams two palmer cup teams is there a memory there uh, having lost one Walker Cup with the team in, in England and then coming in and having a chance to go at them at LA Country Club. Um, how did that rank up there?
1: It's so much more fun to win than it is to lose. People say go have fun today and I'll say that winning and playing well are more fun than losing. So every day I go out and I try and play well and I try and win. But um, at, it's it's so much more fun to have teammates to share your wins with, whether that's at Stanford or on a Walker Cup team. Uh, and to be honest we had quite a bit of home course advantage at LACC they set that place up for us just like they set up uh, Lytham for the uh, Walker Cup team in 2015 where the course it was completely different the Lytham, the greens were slow and very flat the the ground was extremely firm and uh, it was very windy at LACC the course was set up almost 7,600 yards Uh, the greens were running 13s and super slopey and thick rough and Um, that played right into our our advantage.
0: It was an amazing team performance. I was lucky enough to be out there and just the whole venue. People loved being at LA Mm -hmm. Country Club. It's not really open to the public generally, so the crowd Mm -hmm. was huge. Um, That was probably one of the biggest amateur crowds you played in front of, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. Yep, and uh, now you're out on a tour that you've graduated from, but I'm wondering what that corn Ferry tour is like compared to the PGA Tour. You've already had a chance to play in some PGA Tour events in front of big crowds. What's it like being in the smaller cities and how did that kind of help you to
1: get more comfortable playing competitive golf on the pro level? The the Corn Ferry Tour is a grind. I played 30 out of 46 weeks this year and uh, it's challenging because everyone on that tour is trying to make the next step. Uh, The PGA Tour is the tour you want to be on. It's a completely different mindset and attitude and vibe out on that tour where everyone on the corn ferry tour is not where they ultimately want to be and it's it's very um, there's a it's very competitive and very stressful there's guys who are on the bubble to keep their card there's guys who are on the bubble to get their card and then there's some guys that already have their pga tour card locked up that can't wait to be on the pga tour so um it's it's more of a mental test than a test of golf i would say especially you see a wide range of golf courses you see some really long ones some really short ones some wide ones some tight ones thick rough no rough firm greens, soft greens on the PJ tour you pretty much know what you're going to get it's very consistent week in and week out but the range of of uh conditions that you see on the corn Ferry tour is so much greater and uh, it, it really takes a high level and of play throughout the year to to get your PJ tour card and you're you're playing 30 30 weeks you
0: played that which the biggest uh number of weeks for a pga tour player is probably in the low 30s so you're right there with the number of weeks played out of the year and add the practice to that and how hard are you working mm-hmm. tuesday wednesday before the tournaments what and what are you working on uh
1: the biggest difference from amateur golf to professional golf is that i don't get to practice as much as i used to i used to hit tons of golf balls and practice all day. Um, And I just honestly don't have the time or the energy to do that. Uh, When you're traveling Sunday night and getting in at two in the morning on Monday, or if you travel Monday and get in around two in the afternoon, uh, it's a quick practice on Monday just to hit a couple balls, loosen up, chip a few, putt a few Tuesday practice round, especially if it's a course I've never seen do whatever drills I need to do. And then Wednesday pro-am day. And then I'm off and running again it's a grind. Um, and it wears you down, but I just had to be more efficient and figure out the few things I needed to do every week to be ready to play and and be sharp and, uh, dial in on the things I need to do to play well.
0: Well, you've done it. You're on the PGA tour. You're 78th on the FedEx cup points list. And I guess you'll be looking at that number throughout the year because you want to make those big invitations. You want to make the playoffs. Um, you have a couple of drills that you do. Uh, I've, saw one that you do with coins, and I don't know mm-hmm. if they're a specific kind of coin or if they're quarters. Um, you're a very good putter. Putting's mm-hmm. one of your
1: top strokes gained statistics yep. out there. What kind of drills are you doing with your putting? I Most of the time I'm putting, I'm working on speed. Even if I'm on the practice green putting tool hole, I'm focusing on holing speed. I use the coins as kind of a distance control drill. Uh, but a general rule of thumb is if there's one thing I want to be really good at is I want to know exactly how far my golf ball is going to travel when I hit it whether that's a putt, a chip, an iron shot, uh, I want to know how, I, I just want to be the best distance control player I can be. And uh, so putting, it requires tempo, rhythm, contact, roll. All those things go into being a good pace control putter. Uh, contact, trajectory, speed, you know, flight. Those, those all go factor into being a good distance control ball striker. And those are all the things I work on most of the time.
0: Well, that And that is good for any golfer, right? Mm-hmm. We need to know how, how far iron shots, chip shots, uh, putting, two putting is a lot easier when you have a, less of a, a variation in mm-hmm. distance. Let's um, talk just a little bit about the business side because you had two decisions you had to make. One was whether I turn pro or not. And we know the story that there wasn't, mm-hmm. there was a chance you'd go in the business world or do something else, philanthropic or something like mm-hmm. that. But you decided to turn pro and I'm imagining when you chose Callaway or they mm-hmm. chose you or or, you know, Mutual, that was a big business decision for you mm-hmm. and how did you go about it and how important was the equipment and the company well, in that the,
1: decision one of the little known uh facts about the pga tour is that the pga tour gives back more to charity annually than the nfl mlb nhl and uh nba combined which is pretty incredible and it's a pretty cool organization to be a part of um i've also uh, started a thing called Birdies for Education this past year. Uh, it's www.birdiesforeducation.com, where I last year on the Corn Ferry Tour I donated twenty dollars for every birdie I made, and this year on the PGA Tour I've increased to fifty to Curiki, which is an education nonprofit. We're looking to lower the cost of education and provide free educational materials to everyone who needs it. So everything from textbooks to worksheets to exams, and uh, and and bring high quality education to everybody. And so we've raised over $400,000 so far in in a year, which has been really, really fun. And so having an avenue like that was a big factor for why I decided to turn professional. And then um, as far as signing with Callaway, a big deal for me was not necessarily who has the best equipment now, but who's going to have the best equipment in a few years. And two and a half years into my professional career, I think it's pretty clear that Callaway is beating all of its competitors in terms of bringing out the best new product and it's winning the R and D fight and that's really what i was interested in the golf ball I, is the best golf ball i've tested the new drivers are, are winning the marketplace um and everything they've been able to dial in for me has been fantastic so i'm really really uh happy with that decision i made very good well i, I think they might have a driver with your name on it <laughs> i don't know when this is coming out but <laughs> I may need to bleep that out but <laughs> you know yeah.
0: we'll, we'll we'll do it appropriately but um uh, Anyways, the uh, the putter I know has your name on it. You've got mm-hmm. a Toulon Design putter mm-hmm. that's kind of a heel-toe-weighted offset putter. Mm-hmm. We, we call them blades, but mm-hmm. I never call that a blade. A blade to me was a, yeah. a bullseye, yeah. but uh, I'm old. But when we talk about that putter, it's Stanford model. That's kind of cool. You went to mm-hmm. Stanford.
1: Walk me through the rest of your bag, and we'll close up that way. Um, another reason I signed with Callaway was the flexibility and ability they have to make anything you want in the putter lab and that's what uh the toulons have done so well and i putted with the same nike putter all through college got it my freshman year and i'm super sensitive with my feels and equipment if something's not right i will tell these guys it's not right and i'm not going to play it until it's perfect and um i mean that that putter shot uh, that putter they exactly or almost exactly copied my nike um, they copied the half shaft offset, the shallower blade depth, which allows me to hit up on my putts and create topspin, which is really important for me, uh, the hard lines, but uh, it looks just like my Nike and it swings almost exactly like my Nike. I had them tip the shaft three inches softer so that I could feel the toe releasing and the flex through because it felt like I told them. And so this is the, another great thing about Callaway is, Um, Every time I have this funny little feel, like I would say that the putter feels like it's moving through molasses through the hitting area. I can't get the putter head to the ball fast enough. They said, oh, well, let's check the shaft tipping. They measured every single section of the shaft and says we need to tip this three inches softer. They put that shaft in and all of a sudden it's swinging perfectly. Little uh, feels like that they are able to find an answer to and fix for me. And so I've been putting with that putter now since I since fall of 17. So about two years now. And, um, it was about a year into putting with it that I brought both that and my Nike out. And to me, the Nike feels foreign now. So it took me about a year to build up the feel and the confidence to where the putter I'm using now is the putter that I want to putt with. And I don't want to touch anything else. And I'm not a tinkerer with my putter. Uh, once I know how something's going to react, I just, I, I roll with that.
0: That's really neat, and that they work with you so closely to get mm-hmm. what you wanted. And I'm imagining some of those things are going into the stock models that go out to Definitely. players because so,
1: they take tour input, it, right? If you see a picture of my putter, it has the face milling all across. Mine was kind of the test putter before they rolled that out into their entire production line.
0: Well, that feels good. Yeah. Uh, the wedges, though, on the other hand, you first got the MD4 wedges, and you were playing the stock ones,
1: and you mm-hmm. loved them just like they were, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm actually using macdaddy Forged wedges in my sand and gap wedge now because i like that straighter leading edge and that's a theme with my irons too a very sharp straight leading edge um, i'm generally like a picker i want the club to enter the ground very sharply and i was just having a discussion with uh, the R&D team talking about the next phase of irons where i want a, a wider sole less bounce less offset and a sharper leading edge so it gets into the turf but doesn't dig um, and that to me allows me to get the club in front of my hands and, uh, and have a more square solid strike. So and just all sorts of things like that with, you know, wedges, irons, uh, that sharp leading edge and less bounce on the leading edge, get that leading ledge low and under the golf ball is what I like to see.
0: Oh well, you found a company that you're comfortable with that listens to you that mm-hmm. you feel is putting the money into R and D. That's a good combination. I know they like you and mm-hmm. we're, um, just really happy. When any golfer leaves the amateur world for the pro ranks, Mm -hmm. then we want you to get to those next levels. Mm -hmm. And we want to watch you on a Ryder Cup team or on a President's Cup team, and maybe you'll play for Tiger one day. (laughs) Sounds great. Really appreciate the time, Maverick. Yeah, thank you guys.